Welcome to the Creative Cast. I'm your host, Andrew. Today's guest is Shelley Tihara. She's a photographer, videographer from Auckland, New Zealand. In this episode, we speak about her passion for photography, life in New Zealand, as well as her multiple jobs such as security, PR, and radio duties. I hope you enjoy. Episode 13 of the podcast, first episode 2020, 2021. Wow, it's a mouthful. Shelley, how's it, how's it going? How's New Zealand been? It's good. I, I feel bad whenever I talk about New Zealand because everyone, I feel like I'm rubbing it in because obviously we're back to like, not we're normal pretty much as I think would be the word. So yeah. we're like back to full capacity shows and just doing things like it really never happened, mm-hmm. which is also a bit of a bad thing in a way, but. Yeah, I'll you don't want, all of a sudden, don't want to all of a sudden jinx it and be like, yeah, cool, we'll just open everything up again. It's like, oh, crap, uh, not bad idea. And was it like that at the start of 2021 or is that, like, I can't remember how New Zealand went in terms of COVID, like, safe stuff. Like, what happened in your kind of area during last year? Uh, so we went into, like, full lockdown, I think it was, like, March. So our first lockdown was March. And then once we got to sort of, like, zero cases for a consistent amount of time, they – we came out of lockdown and I think that was like maybe July, August area. Then we went back into lockdown again. So I think we were only out for like a, maybe a couple of months or a month. And then we went back and then probably only came out like a few weeks, a month later. And then we've been like that ever since. So I think we've been out of our second lockdown since maybe like September. Mm-hmm. And was it pretty strict? Um, yes. Um, yeah, like our lockdowns were literally like you practically can't go anywhere, like shops were shut. We, you pretty much just had to stay home and you weren't allowed out unless it was like you were an essential worker or it was for exercise and like things like that. And there was yeah. obviously like the whole like two meter rule and masks and all that as well. Yeah, that that's what I kind of thought. I wasn't too sure whether you were as strict as like what Melbourne was, but it's kind of interesting that you, um, you went to full lockdown a lot harder than what we did because we didn't go into full like not allowed to go out except for exercise essential working stuff until like i think august because i was working pretty much just non-stop from march until yeah august and then we went to stage four and that was just like yep cool i have to work from home and act as if everything's normal which it wasn't um how was it with your kind of side of business i like you know being a photographer radio all the media stuff like how was it kind of was it a big shift for you straight away when that all lockdown happened was was you quick to adapt to it? Uh, <laughs> it was like the first lockdown was pretty rough, like when it first like happened, because I work full time as like security. So it was, I was still working because like I'm, I'm considered an essential worker. So I, my like, even though I wasn't working five days, we only had to work like a few days here and there because our whole team wasn't like needed anymore. Yeah. Um, but in regards to like my photography and all that sort of stuff, it I was pretty much doing something like, in the weeks leading up to our lockdown, I had something every night. So I was practically like burning the candle at both ends really badly, like <laughs> just smashing stuff out. It was it was great though, but like, I just didn't think anything of it. And then we went into lockdown. I honestly, my body shut down, eh? <laughs> like <laughs> I got sick and yeah, I just pretty much just like, I got worried too. Cause when I got sick, I was like, this isn't good. Um, so I had to go get tested and stuff as well. And like had to like not be at work. So it was all like a big time, but then it was almost, good as well because I was like I actually need to rest so yeah yeah I sort of appreciated it at the same time but then yeah I felt like a bit lost for a while like what do I do so luckily we went when we went to lockdown it was like New Zealand music month like well it came into New Zealand music month 
so I just pretty much did all this like coverage for New Zealand Music Month. So I just interviewed artists over the phone or like via email. It, like, and I had an interview every day for the whole of May. So it yeah. sort of like kept me busy and like it was more just doing like a lot of reviews and stuff like that. So it's, it was also nice in the way I got to focus more on the like writing and like content and like just updating stuff like my website and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing to obviously on. Yeah. Keep yourself busy. Yeah, as best as, as you could. You know, you couldn't go out and shoot as much as you would want, want to, but yeah, at least you got to adapt in a way and be able to and at least hone something else that you're you know, you're passionate about and you want to be able to get into more and having that little bit of, you know, space to breathe really and just hone that one skill to like to a T pretty much. Like was it um was it kind of um a nice revealing like I also lived on Twitch. Got back? I lived on Twitch oh, a lot. as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because a lot of like content creators were on Twitch and stuff like you know just sharing and like educating people so I was like well I might as well listen to all these and like upskill if I can so that's that's been amazing I actually miss it like I can't everyone's still streaming because obviously like a lot of the people in America and obviously like in Australia some are still in lockdown and so I'm just like I can't watch them anymore and it's it's sort of heartbreaking yeah exactly and it's just like well you can't can't even watch it I think yeah once I was working from home I got to like watch people who stream because I was like I just couldn't do it they would stream where every day when I would go to work and luckily it's like all right cool like um Michelle Grace Hunter like she also started doing hers I was like all right cool I can join in on hers and there's a few other people that I knew from America that I was like oh fuck yeah I can just watch these guys and get into it and it was kind of nice but then as soon as going back to work it's like cool I've missed out on everything I don't know what's happening anymore on Twitch it's just like oh miss that little bit of extra fun that I get to you know learn a little bit more or you know listen to some like insightful talks with people like it was really good to have that little bit of you know not I don't think not many people used Twitch like creatively in that way like I didn't notice it a lot first time it was a lot of just gamers really and that was it and then it's turned into more like musicians and photographers and videographers all using it to educate really and um, promote themselves a little bit more yeah and podcasts <laughs> yeah lots of podcasts <laughs> um well in terms of um kind of like what you do for a living how many jobs do you have because i you know did a little bit of research and i've followed you for a while and i've noticed a lot of things you do can you just state exactly like all the things that you um would qualify as like your job title should have i should have wrote this out before I, <laughs> um it's funny i always say it's probably easier to ask me what i don't do because I always can't really I always feel feel like I list things and then I forget something so okay um at the moment I do security full-time I'm an artist manager I have my own radio show I run my own media site I do obviously like photo video work um what is it radio artist I do merch uh what else is there see I feel like I'm missing something <laughs> there's always I that one thing like, like yeah like, that's pretty yeah. Urgent. well that's the thing that I feel like also there's stuff under those umbrellas like even though I do artist management I also do like their I do PR and stuff like that as well which I've just sort of branched out and opened up to more people just because like everyone seems to keep messaging me about stuff and I'm just like I'm just doing it yeah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> things I just started doing because it was more like I had to not because mm-hmm. I can but sort of nice having all the extra things but it, it does sound pretty hectic and I, I've noticed <laughs> yeah it's more so like yeah it's nice being like an all-rounder at least it's like almost like you have your eggs in so many baskets so it's like yep cool if anyone needs this like they can easily come straight to you and it's just like oh cool well you can do a PR oh wait for PR we need photos hey look you can come do photos and it kind of 
roles are from there. What was going to the, what was the first thing you did? Like, was it photo? Was it security? Like what was the first kind of job you had in like, apart from all through all those jobs that you listed, what was the first kind of starting point? Uh, I was security. I've been doing security for like, what are we now? We're 2021. So like maybe eight years, okay, seven yep. years. It was more like event security. Like, cause I'm not, I live in Auckland and I'm not originally from Auckland. So when I moved down, I was just like, well, if I do security, I can watch it, like go, go to events and like concerts and stuff and get paid to do it. So I just sort of picked it up and then I got like, got my security license and I've just sort of been doing it ever since. And I was just, just love live shows. So it sort of bounces it up where like, if I don't really want a ticket, but I want to see the show, I'll just work. <laughs> yeah that's a good idea yeah that's that would pretty much be it'd be like going yeah going to photograph a show it's like oh, i don't really pay for a ticket oh i'll just shoot the show anyway i'll just go and do it that way <laughs> and what was um what was kind of after like how did you get onto like the radio like what was the radio kind of section where did that kind of inspiration come from i hate mainstream radio like especially yeah. in new zealand mostly australia's got so like i don't i know people have a big debate about like triple j and stuff i love the faction it was actually the faction because i obviously also do photo work and stuff for the faction when I fly over sometimes so it was actually them that sort of motivated me to do my own show because I and I just sort of posted I think it was like on my Facebook about like how there's a lot of shit radio in New Zealand and um like there's obviously like nothing for like metal or also like really like hardcore rap and stuff as well like it's very like niche there's only like a couple of stations but um so I just did a post on my Facebook essentially it was more like a rant (laughs) um and then (laughs) One of my friends who's Marcus Powell, he's in the band Blindspot and also City of Souls. He's the CEO of Crescendo Trust and they have their own like radio station. And because their program's about like educating youth into the music industry so that you can go into like, they can help you record and like get it, yeah, pretty much get experience in the music industry. So Mm -hmm. they have a radio platform so people can come in, like learn how to do radio. But I think the problem was like people go and learn and then they leave. Yeah. Whereas I think they just wanted a couple of shows that were just consistent. So he just asked me if I want to do a show and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so this sort of happened between the two lockdowns. And um, so my shows like goes for two hours and it's split. So the first hour is like rap and pop and those sort of like genres. And then the second hour is more like heavy. So it goes from like pop punk to like hardcore black metal. <laughs> yeah. And was it kind of hard to um be kind of on the radio was it kind of an easy transition or was it something you had to kind of learn over a course of time it was quite easy if anything the hardest thing was to learn like the controls to like transition into songs and stuff and knowing like the volume limits and things like that and now I've actually like just recently going back into like when we came out of our second lockdown and I went back into the because they had moved um it was they also taught me how to like load in all my own songs and stuff so I had to relearn how to do all that but if anything it's it's not that bad it's also because I just like to talk so it became like once you sort of plan it out and know what you're playing and what you want to talk about it just sort Mm -hmm. of like it's quite easy and it actually goes quite fast um but lockdown was a bit harder because I had to pre-record it so it was also like listening to myself and editing it whereas like if I do it live I just say it and I'm like okay I'm done by like yeah but recording is horrible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I definitely um, feel like when I started recording these podcasts I was just like cool I hate my voice this is great this is going to be awesome to keep listening to this and then I just kind of got over it and got used to it but yeah I can definitely see it's just like yeah if you had to pre-record everything you couldn't really you know what I'm saying yeah it's hard to script things without you know having it sound fake or making it sound weird because yeah. I remember recording things like off my own just be like all right cool I'll just record the script and I'm just like oh this sounds so fake like no one's going to believe this is like 
uh, like a real conversation. It's not going to sound right. Um, but I can definitely understand that part. And was, um, has it been kind of a learning experience? Like, have you been kind of learning how to kind of branch out in terms of artistry? Like, have you um, gotten more artists kind of onto the show and like expanded their kind of, at least, you know, do you have more so New Zealand artists or is it more so like um, Australian artists, American artists? Is it kind of a mix or is it, you know, kind of a small percentage of one area to another? It's my show is very focused on local. Like obviously I, I play a lot of Australian bands and stuff because I just love Australian music. Um, and in regards to like having artists and stuff, we haven't been able to sort of do that this year just with like going in and out of lockdown. And so I do phone interviews and record those and then I can stream that and like chop it up. And then I usually put the full interview on my website and then just promote, it also promotes my website. So I just say like, if you want to see the full thing, go to my website. But Otherwise, we haven't really been able to have like anyone in the studio, especially since they, they've moved like locations now, but it's all set up. So this year we've actually like planned a lot. Like I've got some artist takeovers um, that I'm planning and then also going to have like, I'm going to get a new phone. Well, I've already got like a SIM card, but I'm going to get like a cheap phone and I have like a text line so people can text me if they want to request stuff, which will definitely, I think, make it a lot harder because trying to like change <laughs> songs, especially like it'll have to be like, I'll have to put the song like near the end or like a bit further down because I can't really like slot it in straight away because it'll probably just like stuff it up. But yeah, um, yeah, I just want to sort of get like more people involved, especially like the artists themselves, just because I feel like it's more platform for them anyway. Like that's why I want to play their music because it doesn't get played on radio. So yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the plan. So hopefully, yeah, there's a lot I'm hoping to do in 2021. Yeah, and at least, yeah, at least you've got kind of your mindset of like, yep, yeah, cool, we're going to start doing these kind of ideas. Um and yeah, hopefully you can incorporate them very easily into like the program. That's not going to make it absolutely stuffing around everything else. Um, going <laughs> My from last that, show stuffed up. It was yeah. bad. How so? How did it fuck up? <laughs> stuffed up. What happened to it? Uh, it was more like, so I sort of like, I just had bad timing. So I got there and it had just hit 12, which is when my show should sort of start. So like once, I think like one song played out and then, then my show sort of started. So it obviously pushed it out a bit. And then because I, the show was sort of meant to happen the week before, but it happened the week after. So I ended up like having all these like rants about music festivals and stuff. And when it comes to things like that, especially things like, like say I get like, I suppose like annoyed about, which is like festivals, um, gender diversity and stuff like that. I just rant. So I think my talking segments went a bit longer. So it ended up going for like two and a half hours. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> they were like, it's okay. And I was like, yep oh my god but okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like yep i'll learn from that learn to learn to pace myself <laughs> well, yeah, and then some songs skipped because i forgot to change like the hour markers and stuff and i was like wow i was like what a show i hope we and like we record them too so i was like please keep this it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least you can you know laugh at it afterwards and be like yep stuffed up oh well who cares i'll just do it better the next time well, I think it makes it more personal as well because obviously like like you said about how it sounds scripted you actually hear me just like stuff up and be like technical difficulties I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um well going from that um that part of your job into another one um with photography and geography how did that kind of come about was that um at least in obviously comparing like what I do to what you do in different kind of countries but what does um how did it kind of start for you in New Zealand? Like what was the premise to start shooting shows and, and filming stuff as well? Like where, where did that kind of come from? I never planned to do music photography. I I originally pursued tattooing um, because like I love tattoos. Like I love 
getting tattooed. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And so I got an apprenticeship and I was doing that for like a few months and then it didn't work out. So I came back to Auckland and I always just took a point and shoot. It was like a, what was it? Like a Canon SX710, I think it mm-hmm. was. Um, but I always just took that to shows. And then I had so many people telling me like, you've really got an eye, like, this is amazing. And I was just like, like, I never edited photos. It was just like, I'd shoot and be like, cool, it's a cool shot. Um, <laughs> so I was like, so I actually just went and bought a Canon. I still have it, it's my, it's my baby. Um, look, it's a Canon 750. And yeah, I just started shooting local shows mostly at the King's Arms, which doesn't exist anymore. And it's one, of my, it's one of the best venues they had here, but they'd always just let me in with my camera and then bands would not care. And you could even like, if you wanted to, you could just go up the side of the stage and everything, like it was so accessible. So I just started shooting a lot of local shows and yeah. And then, and then I started hitting up like local blogs or a couple of them hit me up as well. And were just like, you should shoot some shows for us. And I was like, okay didn't think anything of it really and then yeah just sort of kept going I did I've worked for heaps of other local publications but then obviously like last year just decided to start my own and then COVID but yeah not the best timing (laughs) yeah and then video only started like last year but it was more because I was just like this is something I could do and I also just liked getting little like video snippets so I was just yeah I just decided like I'm gonna try do this but it's a lot harder than it people make it look so yeah. <laughs> um, definitely playing with that a lot more especially with just having local shows because obviously the bands don't really like here they just want all the content so I've been lucky in that like I could have been using like our lockdown times and stuff to practice a lot of that so I think it's getting better <laughs> yeah well that's all you can do is just practice 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 like it took me a while to get kind of comfortable with filming at least um like I'm still kind of getting comfortable with it but I'm a lot better than what I was after looking at a lot of old music videos I did and just thinking, oh my God, what the hell was I thinking? And you know, you're, <laughs> you're definitely going to get better as long as you keep practicing and keep like changing it up and doing different things. Um, what was kind of the first show you shot, like like professionally at least? Oh, I do remember the first show, like I've, sh- I've shot a, local, a lot of locals, but I think the first one I got a photo pass for. So my first local one I got a photo pass for is called Seamless. And it, it was just essentially like this all ages gig that they put on at the Tuning Fork. And it just had like a really good lineup of like Thea, Razor Beza. There's definitely more than that. But um, yeah, that was my first like photo pass show. And I remember getting so excited because I was like, oh my God, I got a photo pass. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my first international, international, I guess, show was North Lane at the King's Arms. And that was so good. And I still have those photos. <laughs> When was that one? Was that, um, was that, what kind of um, year was that? I think it was like, I feel like it was like 20, wait, what am I saying? 2012, 26, wait, I've only been shooting for like three years. So it's like 2018, I feel. Okay, yeah. Or 2017, one of those. <laughs> I know I've been shooting for like three years or so now. So it's been like, yeah, like 2017. And you were mentioning you did a few like festival stuff. Was that more so festivals in New Zealand or... I saw that you came to Australia to did and did a couple like Unify, Download and all that. Like what was the kind of mentality of getting to come over to here and do shows? Like what was um what was the kind of the push behind that? The lineups are just better. We don't really have like a um like a big heavy metal like well we do have like a big like metal scene here, but it's underground more than anything. Like we don't have festivals for it or anything anymore. Um so yeah, it was just more like, oh my god, all these bands are on one lineup, like I wanna go and I actually first hit unify i think that was the first australian festival i did 
in 2018 and I was only volunteering but my sister had sort of like a more like staff member role so she actually snuck me into the photo pit <laughs> that was the first <laughs> time so I shot a festival too and I ended up I, I specifically remember it because I was like so excited that I got to like shoot architects and it was in the rain but um yeah she just used her pass and got me in there so I had taken my cameras with me and then the following years I just hit up the faction and yeah I was just like Tim let me shoot for you and he was like okay <laughs> <laughs> made it easy for it what was um kind of your favorite was it more so unify or download what was kind of your favorite festival that you shot it's unify always for me i love yeah. unify so much but i think it's more just because like it's always been easier in regards to actually like shooting and working it just like well, apart from last year which was like rain and changing stages and everything which was like super chaotic but it was great um yeah it's always just worked better i think whereas like I remember when I did good things, the layout was so sort of difficult to like run around and actually try make multiple artists and just it's getting around the crowds and like the food areas were in between and then like the media area was like over here. And like, so we never went there cause it was like by the main entrance. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we're not, you just couldn't really run around and download was up and down hills and then through crowds as well. So I was like, it wasn't mean cardio, but it was just, yeah, it's just, it was oh, just a yeah. bit more difficult, but it was amazing in regards to like artists and actually being able to be like, I got to shoot downloads and it was cool. Yeah. Cause I think I shot Unify the second year it came out, which was like, who was it? It was, oh crap. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like Parkway Drive, um, Tonight Alive, Straight From The Path and a bunch of others. I only shot the Saturday it was when they were only doing Saturday and Sunday and I don't think they were doing the Fridays. Um, but I remember going and I got so bloody burnt, like unbearably burnt and it was just horrible. And it was like the hottest day of the, it was like the hottest day in January. And like, I was super stoked. Cause I was like super happy. And I went home at like, I think just after Parkway said, I was just like, cool, I'm going home now. I'm just going to drive home. Like that's fine. Um, and then I, I only went, maybe like a year or two after that and was with an artist and that was a little bit like more crazier just being you know on stage seeing like thousands of people and being like oh shit there's actually a lot of people here that's pretty crazy <laughs> and um I haven't gotten to show like any other festivals as of yet but you know seeing that you got to shoot like download and good things and unify it's just like those are like the I would say probably the only top kind of festivals in Australia at least for heavy music at, at least um was there any kind of artists that you really wanted to shoot or was there, um, was it just kind of a blanket of like, no, I just got to shoot this, this festival. Um, Unify, it was like, for me, like sneaking into the pit for the first year was architects. And then obviously having them back in 2020 was awesome because it was almost like a full circle moment. I was like, I'm official this time. So I can probably get better stuff now. And um, for download, it was definitely fever three, three, three. And I was actually quite stoked because I hit up, I know Jason. So I hit up there, like met, I, I think I hit him up. He gave me like his tour manager's email or something. And then yeah. so I, I like messaged him and I was like, can I shoot the whole thing? Like, please. And then they were like, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to do some video, cool. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. So I was mostly <laughs> there for them, to be honest. Um, it was like, a huge lineup though. So like, it was cool that I got to do so many others, but I, it was, yeah, it was definitely fever. But I think it was also because I wanted to see them but I just knew how crazy they were on stage. So I was like, this is going to be fun. Like, I'm quite excited about this. And there was also raining, I think, that festival as well. So I was like, getting used yeah, to festival, like, festivals at the moment. Oh, of course. Because like, so I remember seeing Jason when he was in Let Live at Unify the second year I shot. And that was just 
nuts. That was him with like a bin and shit like that. He was just going crazy. And then hearing him in favor, I was like, all right, this is going to be really good. This is just going to be the same old, same stuff again. And yeah, it's like, I, I've, I'm waiting until they come back to Australia to shoot them, to shoot them. That'd be a great band to like, just capture just the energy and the chaos of them. Litlev's final, like final, final show was actually here in Auckland at the King's Arms. Oh, so really? It's quite, yeah, so it's quite sad because I'm like that venue, like the band's obviously not a thing anymore. The venue doesn't exist anymore. I was just like, man, it's such a, a moment. I still actually, I have the, he was wearing his like Gentleman in Real Life shirt, like his brand on stage and he actually like ripped it. And I asked him, I was like, can I have that? Like, <laughs> and he, he was like, I mean, it's gross, but yep. So I've actually, I made it into patches and it's actually patched up on a jacket that I actually still have. So it's very sentimental. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's sick as that you're able to just go, yep, cool. This is going to be a nice little memory for me to have, you know, you know, next time I see him be like, hey, look, I'm wearing this patch that you uh, you threw away, you know, a few years back. <laughs> it's like, you know, that shirt that you thought, like he literally threw it like up into the roof, like it was hanging off a bar. So I, I literally, we literally had to like climb up and get it. But, but he was just like, okay. And then even when we took a, we took a photo and then he offered to hold it, but I think it was just because it was literally gross. Like he was like, I'll hold this for you. And I was like, okay. And he's yeah, like, I don't care. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's so cool that you're able to do that and get kind of that little memory encased in, you know, something forever pretty much. Um, yeah. Going from, you know, band photography, like what was kind of like what's been your favorite moment as kind of like a photographer videographer like what's been kind of a moment that's been that stands out the most for you like to go yep that's always going to be my memory until the day I die kind of thing shooting warp tour <laughs> oh yeah what was that warp tour Australia or was that warp tour in America America it was the final run I did the last three Florida dates how did that come about uh we we just like because i it was it's always been like a bucket list thing for me to like just go to walk just to be like i've been to walk tour um but me and my sister had booked the trip over we were going to do the last three florida dates and so i just emailed kevin lyman and i was just like i'm flying over from new zealand it's my first it'll be my first and obviously like last walk tour like can i please at least shoot one day like please <laughs> and he was like yeah of course and i was just like Oh my God. I got the email at like three in the morning though. So I couldn't tell anybody because everyone's asleep. So I was just sitting there like freaking out, like, Oh my God, oh my God. Like who do I tell? <laughs> but yeah. So I, and I ended up shooting all three because the first date I did like this photo workshop by this, I can't remember her name, this woman who's like been shooting walk tour for years. And she actually gives you a wristband so you can actually shoot the rest of the day. And then the second day I got is when I got the wristband from Kevin and then I realized that in those two days, the wristband stayed the same. So the third day I just had my wristband on still and just jumped into some pets. I mean, yeah, that's thinking, thinking with your noggin. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. It sort of allowed me to like shoot bands that I've probably missed over the past few days, especially because like venue changes and, but that Florida heat is horrible. <laughs> So oh, I would not be surprised at how hot that is. I think mean, I remember going to Las Vegas and it was just unbearably hot. So I'm pretty sure it'd be about the same in, in Florida at that time. And who did you end up um, shooting on those kind of dates that you um, were kind of fond of? Oh, every time I die, um, that was a big one for me. Just because I, I didn't even really think about it. Like I didn't, like I was, I think it was like I shot them the first day I got the wristband. And we just have, I went, I went to go shoot, I think it was like Ice Nine Kills. And then every time I die, I came on like a stage next door, like next. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I was like, cool. <laughs> um, 
and then also like simple plan um so yeah i feel like it's all these bands that i like listened to growing up but never i never thought it would actually sort of like happen and then i got to do it like three days in a row and it's also cool you sort of get to like meet them so like obviously like shooting like state champs and like bands like issues and all of that yeah it was just epic i feel like i need to like look at the lineup because obviously like the lineup's huge and then also it was nice seeing like tonight alive and like bands that like you know but like they're clearly in like america and you're just like exactly yeah it's like yeah we're we're from the same area hi we have the same kind of accent help i ended up doing also like a photo shoot with joel birch on the like third day because he was mm-hmm. like i'm doing photo shoots and i was like i'll do one I, it was expensive but i was just like this is probably never going to happen again and the, honestly it's, it's so funny because the photos i look so tired but also it's like I'm like, this is quite a memory because it's like the end of the final day of Warped. Me and my sister are like shattered and she's in the photos as well, which was nice. So it's like a nice memory for both of us. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's That's that's kind of interesting that, yeah, you got to have that little memory and keep that with you as well. Like, yeah, I didn't even realize that you did Warped and that's that's excellent because I've always wanted to do Warped and I saw I've never posted people. photos from it. That's fine. <laughs> really? Why not? Well, it's, well, I think I like when I first was shooting it, I would edit photos like when we got home and like post them, like when we got back to our accommodation and post it. But what actually happened was we got back and I think it's because of the sheer amount of photos. I went to go like copy them just to like, make, you know, put them onto a hard drive and stuff and it all just crashed and I lost them. Oh, <laughs> and my, shit. my heart broke. But um, I ended up, I think I was just sorting like a ton of my hard drives and I found them um, on another hard drive. So I must've actually made a copy onto another hard drive without knowing about it. So it's missing a lot of like day three photos, but if anything, the first two days were probably the most I got photos anyway. So they're still sitting there, but I haven't been able to touch them because the, like the way my hard drive that it's on is formatted doesn't work with like my app, my iPad and stuff. So I can't oh, copy gotcha. them off. So I have to like find time to move like all of those files off, reformat or like even move it onto a new hard drive or something and then edit them. So I'm sort of like, I'm just going to work on like actually just doing this big, like I might do like, I was debating doing like a little zine or something of them because I know there's heaps. Like I've, I recently found a few of In Heart's Wake and I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> I was like, oh, look, it's Aussie boys. <laughs> I think we saw idea. them like every day when we were there too. Sorry? I was going to say that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Creating a zine and just kind of incorporating it into something, you know, you know whether you can keep it for yourself or, you know, sell it and go like, hey, look, here's something cool. Like last three days of warp, you know, something to, you know, memorialize three days at least, but like that'd be a cool idea. But um, yeah, seeing In Heart's Wake, that's a bit, very odd seeing like an Aussie band, you know, and just seeing they're going, yep, I uh, I know you guys, you are from a very native country, yep. Yeah, we went up to the tent, I think like on the second day and we were just like, surprise! <laughs> and we ended up like, or we were all just like laughing. We're like, imagine flying to America and just running into like, Australians and Kiwis like this is just random but cool (laughs) (laughs) I mean at least you have something to bond over and be like yeah cool we're all the same you know everyone else is completely separated from us but we're all the same we're all the same here well yeah it was quite funny I think originally they were just sort of like what are you guys doing here we're like warped (laughs) like Like, obviously (laughs) it's like we wanted to come here like (laughs) it's just a shock because they're just sort of like you know you're like over the other side of the world so yeah, especially when you're just all of a sudden just popping up and be like, yeah, cool, we're just going to go on the other side. Like, I've known a heap of friends who have done that, who have just, like, they've gone to see a band on the other side of the world just because they love that band so much. And like, yeah, cool, we're traveling to the other side. And then them being surprised, like, holy shit, like, 
you guys really like our band or it's or it's just like hey you have the same accent that's cool that's you've traveled halfway across the world and you've seen us like it's a nice little you know moment to have at least um i was gonna say because i'm oh now i can't remember no it's gone never mind um in terms of you know video stuff was there anything video related that you kind of liked um or at least that you've shot then you've kind of been a bit proud of or is it kind of been you know a beginning at the moment been proud i mean i was, I was quite proud when i did that fever video but it's funny because i look at it now and i'm like wow it's shit but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it was just because it's like i started with such a big band but that was also probably not the best idea but um oh, what i'm definitely proud of the videos i do now like i think my favorite at the moment is one i did for um diggy dupe's album release show but i think it was just because it was it was just so many performers and everything like everyone jumped on stage and it was sort of like it was like planned but unplanned at the same time like people just brought all their friends out and it was really hectic and it actually, i was late for work that night for the same reason but it was yeah i think the video just turned out a lot better than i thought it was going to be so mm-hmm. it's definitely one of my favorites at the moment oh, that's awesome that's um yeah that's sick as what um as like a photography photographer, what's something that you wish you learned like way before uh, that you've learned now that at least like something when you first started, you went, all right, cool. I should be able to do this, but you completely stuff it up. And then, you know, nowadays it's just like natural to you. What was something that, yeah, you wish you learned super early on that you, you know, know now at least. Shoot raw. Oh no. <laughs> that was the first mistake I made. Yeah, I did that too. Fair show was all JPEG and I did not know anything about Raw. Well, that was like I shot, so when Dillinger Escape Plan did their final like worldwide run, they played the King's Arms here and that was the, um, I ended up shooting that show and yeah, I shot it in JPEG and people, someone about, I think it was like last year or the year before asked if they could have a print of it because Dillinger ended up sharing the photo I took and I, was, I swear it's like the only good photo from that night. I think I only got like three because it was just so stroby as well. So yeah a guy actually asked me that print and I was like, all I can print this is, is a four because it can't go any bigger. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, no. definitely like shoot raw. Yeah, definitely shoot raw. That's um, I would say rule number one, don't shoot JPEG, always shoot raw. Um, <laughs> was it kind of um, with you, at least your photography, was it easy to kind of get into the editing space? Like were you a really heavy editor or was it just very much like minor tweaks? It was more minor tweaks, but it, and that's what I was sort of like, I've been laughing at over sort of like 2020 because like I found, I think it was like Alpha Wolf played at Whammy Bar here and luckily I was shooting Raw at the time, um, but they played Whammy Bar, I think it was in like 2018 and I found like an old photo, like old photos from that and I remember editing them and they were just like purple, but I remember, I think I just hit the vibrance back a bit and I was like, this is cool, yeah, like you still get it, like it's good and, it's, and then I went to go edit it now and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like the fact that I used to just like leave it purple is is amazing. But, yeah, there's a few of mine. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's also cool to see like how much I've learned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you definitely learn quite it's a lot. I think. Line. Yeah, and you get those solid reds or solid greens that are just looking absolutely horrible and there's no way you can fix it. I had a f- so many of those where I just went, yeah, cool, I'll post these. And I remember posting the first photos I took. And I was so stoked. I was like, these photos are awesome. They're amazing. I go back on it and think, fuck, they're all in JPEG. They're not edited and they look crap. I mean, there's a few that are like pretty good just because the lighting were, that was like in my favor on these few photos. I'm like, yeah, they look sick, but it's just like, 
no, they don't look good. Like you didn't edit them. You didn't do anything. You just posted a hundred photos and went, yeah, these are fine. They were great. It's amazing how accepting you are when you first start out too. Oh, absolutely. You don't so really. critical you're not, now. Yeah, exactly. You're not much of a perfectionist at the start when you're just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to start taking photos. They're going to look sick. Uh, yeah. That, that you take a photo, you go, yep, that looks awesome. Chuck it online. And then, you know, five years later, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Where was I going with this? You know, why is this not, you know, good anymore. It's like, yeah, you, at least if you're super critical and super perfectionist now, like I'm definitely a lot more critical. And I think I usually try and get my girlfriend's point of view. Sometimes when I'm editing, I'm just like, is this good? She's like, yeah, that's good. I'm like, cool. I just need a second opinion. I just need something. That, that's my sister for me. <laughs> <laughs> just makes it a little bit easier to go like, yep, I feel better about editing it this way. Or like, she'll just be like, hey, you can probably make it a little bit more warmer. It's a little bit too moody. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I can do that. I can just change the you know, changes the color to make it a little bit more brighter. That's nice. She's like, yeah, you do too many dark photos. I'm like, all right, cool. I understand. I understand where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> that blacks and contrast. I used to do that a lot too. But no, as I'm, my sister's more like, um, she'll be like, why is this like, why is this bit like, like this or something like she'll just, she just picks it apart. Um, she doesn't really, it's funny because like she, it's weird also because she now plays with editing herself because mm-hmm. she I think she just likes the idea that like, you can actually change an image so much now I was like yes you can a lot <laughs> as long as you put in the put in the hours you can change an image into exactly complete opposite of what it should be um yeah. in terms of um uh, going from at least you know the music side of photography videography how did you kind of get into PR or at least like artist management where did that kind of lead from did that kind of start when you were first shooting photos for bands and did you all of a sudden just find that idea and go yeah cool I'll give that a go or was it someone asked you um the first artist I managed who I still manage now is Damaret but he's sort of like changed his name he's going by his like real name now but he I think he did like a, he did a post on Facebook and was just I've seen it like I've shot him and seen him perform a lot like we were aware of who like I suppose like we all were like we were but he posted on Facebook cause he's been, he was wanting to do like a festival circuit here. And he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, can someone help me? And I, so I just messaged him and I was like, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And he was just so like, no, I was like, do you have a manager? And he was just like, no, I was like, okay. So like, I'm, I was like, I've never done this, but I like know what you need. Like, do you, do you like, can I manage you? And then he was just sort of like, okay. And I think it, just became like a thing where I was like okay he needs to do PR and I knew PR was like it's expensive so I was like well I know like especially being media like you just know what PR sends you and like what you need so I was like well I can do this myself so I yeah I just started doing PR and then his promo shots and stuff as well because I was like you need photos mm-hmm. so I sort of do like the whole thing and then I've, I've always just done it for like the artists I've taken on but I think it's more become like I've had like media tell me like, oh, you know, this like the way you do PR is amazing. And I've never really thought about it. I was just like, cool, thanks. Like, I'm glad <laughs> I'm doing it properly. Um, and then I had, yeah, a couple of people, I got sort of re- recommended by those media people to others. And even though I was, I'm not like, I didn't post that as public. Like I don't really like do it for other people. So everyone was just like, you should. So I'm like, okay. And I think it's also because a lot of PR here has sort of not like died off, but they've almost sort of taken a backseat and more focused on, other things especially since a lot of them do international PR as well so yeah or I think the more like local PR doesn't really exist or isn't accessible in regards to like costs so yeah now I've I've sort of made it more like a bit more public and artist management I've sort of only managed those well like Damaret 
and Valley Side Boys, who's a rap group that he's a part of, because he was like, oh, well, you might, we might as well do this too. And I was like, okay. Um, I did manage Full Bloom for a bit. And then there is another Christchurch band that I had been in discussion with, but they sort of don't know what they're doing. So I've just got those two at the moment. That's interesting. At least, you know, you're branching out a little bit and trying something new. And, you know, at least like you've used your knowledge of being sent, you know, press releases and, and you know, PR packages really, you kind of know what an artist would need and what they would require to all of a sudden be like, all right, cool. You need promos. You need a video. You need, you know, um, you'll need some statements. You'll need some reviews. You'll need all these things to kind of push yourself a little bit higher. Like that's a good knowledge to have at least that you can incorporate into like your workflow and be like, all right, cool. Oh, cool. We need PR. It's like, all right, well, we need photos for this. And then, oh, cool. We have a radio station. So if anyone says anything nice about your song, it's like, I can put that on like the PR packaging, that kind of thing. It's like having those little bits and pieces to kind of meld together to make a good kind of package for an artist at least. Yeah, it all sort of works really well together, I think. Cause like, yeah, I, I will play their songs on my radio show and stuff, but it's quite funny in the sense that like Direct's last album mentioned how like mainstream radio shit and they don't get played on radio. And I was like, well, I'm gonna play this on radio, but at the same time, it's more like ironic. So I was just like, <laughs> this is all good. <laughs> Yeah, and at least it, yeah, it works, you know, having that that little kind of um, area that you're, you know, a part of and you're like, all right, cool, well, I guess I can just do this now. I can just chuck it on radio and, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not like a whole thing you have to go through hoops to try and get them on the radio or anything like that. You just go, yep, cool, I'll just play them on my show. That works. Like, you know, makes your job a little bit easier to just push a band a little bit harder and be like, yeah, cool, I can play them every few times on, on radio every, every day or every time you do a session really. Um, yeah, at least you can push that in a way into your um, into your kind of all-rounded, um, versatile way. Yeah, and I think all the, like, PR and, like, photo work and stuff has helped in the way that I have those contacts. So now, for example, like, in regards to, like, having the contacts with, like, Live Nation and things like that, I actually know who to contact if I want to try get him in, like, an opening slot and stuff like that. So it's almost just, like, you learn all your contacts and who's the best person or, like, who might have these contacts so it sort of worked in like that's why he ends up getting booked on Rhythm and Vines this festival season. Um, so yeah, it all just sort of like has worked out and like they all like, it's amazing how it all actually links together like quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. You start noticing all the strings becoming attached and you're like, yep, cool. This is all working quite well. And there's no kind of, I guess it kind of just kind of falls into place very easily. Yeah. S- scheduling is everything. That's why it's quite funny because like, I think when I say what I do and stuff, everyone's like, how do you have the time? And I was like, plan it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just plan it out. Yeah, just make sure you but have all this time. Like, yeah, and I think my night shifts, because I do night shifts at the moment at my full-time job. And luckily I'm able to do a lot of the work during that time as well. So that sort of helps. But yeah, getting paid by another job to do my other job, pretty much. <laughs> At least that, yeah. At least you found the time you're able to go like, yeah, cool. I can focus a little bit on here while I do my other job efficiently and effectively at least. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you don't get fired. That's probably the one thing you don't want. <laughs> I don't think I would, but like, yeah. No, I'm very aware of like to making making sure I'm still doing what I meant to be doing, but also like, yeah, getting that stuff done as well. So it sort of works because I usually go from like a gig straight to my job. But it means like since I'm up all night, I can just edit all night and like type up reviews and stuff. And then that way, because otherwise, like when I used to be on day shifts, it would be a case of like I'd finish work, either go home and quickly like drop all my stuff and shower and stuff and then go out to a gig or just go straight from work, then go home and like do it all to like late hours at night or at least do it the next day. 
yeah. and then yeah you'd just be shattered and I was like I think that's sort of what happened before our first lockdown so it's sort of yeah it's sort of nice having like the change around I quite I did plan on going back to day shifts but I don't know I'm quite adjusted to these night shifts at the moment <laughs> yeah I was pretty comfortable with working from home I really wish I still was because I was doing a lot of work where I was just like all right cool I was learning doing all these like um mini like tutorials and courses online just to like learn a little bit about videography and all that jazz just be like all right cool I better get my at least get my knowledge up a little bit and I was using that time to learn and do as much as I can and then all of a sudden going back to it's like cool I can't really do that in an hour break or a half an hour break I really I just like I can't I have no time and I come home eat sleep um hang out with my girlfriend and then just, yeah and repeat and then go back to work again it's a little bit harder but you know at least having days like today and like I usually have two days off a week so it's like cool I can kind of focus and do all my promo stuff and all the stuff I want to get done at least but yeah as long as you've got the planning you've realized yep cool I can spend this much time here like this is fine like it's not gonna ruin the flow of your work at least Going from that, at least with um, moments past, it's a media site. How did you kind of figure out to start that kind of portion of your, um, at least your work um, going onto a media kind of portion? Where did that kind of start? Um, so a lot of the like publications I was working for, I think the only one that really covers local shows was music.net. Um, and they've supported local for, I think it's like nearly, I think they've just said they're like 20 year anniversary or it might be bigger than that, but mm-hmm. They're the only ones that really cover like smaller local shows. Otherwise, like the rest of them do it occasionally, but it's definitely, it was really focused on like the bigger arena shows and things like that. They've, a lot of them have gone a bit local now, but it's also because it's like not optional. Yeah. Whereas, so I think that, I think that just frustrated me more. So I was just like, well, no one's doing it. So I'm just going to, and then it sort of blew up in the way that like, I think a lot of PR and just like artists and stuff got quite excited. They're like, there's actually like a platform for us now. And I was like, yeah. Like, I don't care how small you are, just email me. Yeah. And so people, it was, it was sort of like quite nice in the way that like these locals would get so excited and like PR would get excited and be like, do you want to interview this person? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it was more just like out of the fact that I think it was also like, I'm very much about locals, whereas because I, I see it as if it wasn't for locals, I wouldn't have got my start in what I do. So mm-hmm. I'm very much about like giving back to that. So yeah, it sort of came from there. It was more just like, I need to, I feel like I could do more. And so I suppose that's, that's why I do so much more now, but um, that's where like, yeah, that's where Moments Past came from. The song, the, na- the title of my website actually came from a Dermot Kennedy song. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite Dermot Kennedy song. I don't even know why. I was just like, man, I love the song. And I was like, it sounds relevant because most of the stuff I'm posting about is like gigs and stuff, which have obviously like, you don't post about till after the fact. So I was like, okay. I'm going to call it that. Just works out. Like, yeah, that's fine. It makes sense. Nothing like, you know, that hasn't been done before at least. Um, What's been kind of like a good, um, or not good, but at least a a well-established band that you've kind of spoken to or at least like interviewed or even, you know, posted on the website? What's something that you've kind of been like proud to be like, all right, cool, I'm glad I'm showcasing these these artists or this person? I think think that's sort of like, it's more the like, rap community for me but but it's because like also like the metal community because they don't they there's like nothing really for them but I think I think the biggest one that sort of blew up for me which sort of like surprised me was um like I know the biggest article that has had like sort of like the most views was when Team Dynamite who's like a local rap group they and like announced their back pretty much but 
I was quite surprised in the in the sense that they've been around before and they used they did really well. They sort of went like on hiatus and then they came back, but like no one posted about it. And so like okay. I did because I was I was like I know who these people are. Like I'm going to post about this and they shared it, which was really nice. And yeah, just sort of like blew up. But I think it's more like it's it's the interviews I think that I'm more proud of. But it's because you get to dive into it a bit more. And I I make a point of like doing research before, so it's you can tell they appreciate it in the sense that like they're able to dive into it more but it's not sort of like techy. like I think mm-hmm. there's another reason I don't like mainstream radios because they get to interview such big artists and then they just ask dumb questions about like people's relationships oh status I hate that, that so like... much oh I know how you feel I remember like listening <laughs> to like like people on walk tour and they'd be like so what's your porn star name it's like why are you asking these questions? i don't care about this answer like i want to know about the music i want to know about what the next album is going to be like stop asking the stupid questions like i hate it so much like i think i remember who did i interview i interviewed red jumpsuit apparatus one oh, yeah. this was like this was like i don't think it was for my site though it was for who i don't even know who remember who it was for um and i asked him about i think it was like the artwork for their album at the time and he was like oh my god no one's actually asked us about that before and I was like why not <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like I would you not question why it's like why that's the artwork like I don't get it and then it sort of made me realize like man you guys must get asked the same shit <laughs> so much yeah I remember I used to do like interviews years and years ago um for us um for an American site that my friend made and he was just like hey do you want to interview some bands I'm like oh yeah cool I remember just emailing them and I think one of the like one of them was just like, "Hey, these are actually legit questions," and I'm just like, "Yeah, is that a problem?" And they, yeah. Like yeah. it was just really weird. And they were like, and they answered like, and then they answered them very not like easily and very like in depth. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like they actually like really went in depth with these questions. And I was like, "Yeah, they must have really liked them. They must get it all the time." And then you see all the interviews with all these different bands where they're just like they they ask them nothing about what their like their music's about. It's all just dumb questions that you know little kids would ask someone if they were like, they'd just met them for the first time. Like, uh, what's your favorite guitar? It's like, no, you don't ask that. Just ask like how they learned how to play guitar or how they yeah. wrote a song or something like that. So it's like, ask them something, you know, heartfelt and inspirational or something like that. So it's like, yeah, I definitely get it when it's like, yeah, they ask stupid questions and it's like, no, we want to know the real thing, not the stupid little thing on the side. Well, I suppose it's the same with photography in the way that like um, fans get so excited when they see like backstage photos and things like that because it's like you you don't get to see any of that you just see them like on stage whereas you don't know backstage that you know they might actually just be sitting in the undies or something like that like it's I feel like people just want to know all those like little details that they actually don't get access to. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like you're going to have those people who, you know, just because they have the I guess the opportunity and like the power to communicate with artists and do things it's just like you know they kind of squander it a little bit they don't take advantage of what you know what they really can be done what they can kind of evolve from that person because it's like yeah cool I can take photos of them in the backstage and it's just like yeah they're just sitting around they're just talking shit like that's all they're doing they're not doing anything pretty crazy it's like no take a good photo of them on stage doing something crazy being in with a crowd or something like that that gets people going like oh my god they must really love their fans it's like yeah yeah absolutely that's right yeah so I love when an artist jumps into the crowd because I'm just like this is so nice that they just want to like get in amongst everybody I think the craziest crowd moment I when I was shooting was probably into Shikari or maybe it was no it was Fever 333 actually because he ended up ripping the fence stage fencing down 
and I was Shit. just a bit like oh my god bro like because he like ran to the end and I think he like ripped it down and all of us photographers were just trailing behind him we're like yeah you do it we'll just follow you and yeah. we ended up like jumping over this broken fence and he ran into the crowd so we all ran in and then he ran back so uh, he actually went forward and like jumped over the barrier so we all ran back the way we came and you could see security just like looking at the fence like we have to put this back up but we'll wait for you guys to get <laughs> again and we're just like yeah and then just kept running <laughs> my god I think yeah the craziest one I've had was it was um trophy eyes regional tour i went with um bad juju and we were in Wollongong for the first time and uh, bad juju played and it was good and we were like yeah it was a sick crowd and um trophy eyes got up and it was me uh ruby bolan and georgia maloney in the photo pit and we were all just like chatting and chilling and the band got up and we're like all right cool we'll just get started and like people were going a bit crazy and we we're just like okay that's a bit weird like they're getting pretty excited i was like maybe trophy house just doesn't play regional regional towns really too often or at least regional areas and all of a sudden they started and the barricade broke because they were like pulling it so I, like have you seen that meme where you like they show the the crowd like pulling the security uh, the security barrier back and forth like almost like lifting it up it was literally yeah. that the entire barricade broke and went forward um, and me, Ruby and George are just like, uh, we're just shooting, looking behind us, like, uh, is that good? Is that all right? Is that okay? And we're just like, and all of a sudden the security were just like tapping us on the shoulder being like, get out, get out, get out, like move, move, move. And we had to stand on the side and, um, and we were looking behind us and the entire barricade had broken off. So where like the hinges are that hold it up, um, for each section had the two on the sides just snapped and the whole thing just collapsed forward um so all these people are just standing there and we're just like what the fuck is going like and the people are going crazy and the band didn't stop because they were kind of like uh do we keep going and like john kept looking like over to us because we were standing on the side of the stage with the band and they were just like what the fuck do we do like do we keep going and they're just like and they just kept singing that at the end of the song he's like you guys are fucking crazy like it's crazy and everyone's like screaming and they pulled the barricade back up and they all of a sudden thinking the security was just holding it like there was no like we were kind of like, oh, can we can we get back in? We kind of tried to get back in. They were kind of like going, no, don't don't come back in. Like it's not safe. And I think they end up um, all of a sudden, the someone from like the kitchen came with like a tool bag and some wrenches and was just like putting bolts. Like the bolts had sheared off, so they were just trying to put more bolts in and trying to secure it. And we we're just like, uh, okay, cool. Guess we're not shooting from the side. Shooting from the front now. <laughs> we're just like waiting and thinking, fuck, like what's gonna happen? But that was probably the craziest one that I'd seen. That it just like it just broke, and we, I've never seen like a security barrier actually like full on break and then just collapse. And then it was a sold out crowd too, so all the crowd was just like pushing forward, and they just kept saying, "Step back, step back," and no one was stepping back, and we we're just like, fuck, this is gonna get intense. <laughs> Should have just let, let them go and just come right up to the front and just been like, this is what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I was, they, no like, they were trying to. They were, like, people were trying to like just like walk you up and they're just like trying to pull this barricade up and there's just no way. Like, you know, you have like hundreds of drunk kids um, and they just were not listening. It was just like, no, this is just fucking crazy. Like that's probably the craziest time I've seen like something crazy happen with the artists and the crowd. It was just like bit intense bit intense on that how do you feel about getting into mosh pits like shooting in mosh pits uh i've done it a few times um it's not something depending on the depending on who's playing if it's like a hardcore thing i'm just like no not getting in there or at least like (laughs) you're gonna die yeah i'm gonna die because i'm I'm short um i'm like five foot three so i'm really short and so me getting in there i'd get crumbled straight away um i remember um 
what was that? I remember getting into, because like there's a local, uh, where I used to live, there was a local um, bar and they would do gigs every couple of weeks. I remember going in and um, going to shoot and I just stood on the barrier and like it was kind of a small group, but it was like people were just like crowd killing and running at each other. And I'm just standing on the side, like moving across the barrier going, oh, I'm not going to stand here, but I'm usually not the one to go into the mosh pits unless like, I know I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm going to jump in here. Cause like, it's like a rock band and no one's going crazy. Like people are jumping up and down. That's probably the closest I get. If there's a bit of mosh, it's like, no, nah, I've got camera gear. I'm probably going to get smacked. Like I've been hit once like by a crowd server when I had my camera near my eye. So it just went straight into my eye. And I was like, no, nah, it's not a thing I'd probably be against. Like I, I'd probably just like, I'd investigate and go, yeah, cool. It's safe. Yeah. I'll go in. I'll, I'll take some photos. I think I've only, um, I did it once during, I shot at like 170 Russell and um, I was shooting the band, shooting the band, shooting for the band there. And the vocalist just went to the, went into the um, crowd with the, with the mic cable. And I was just like, all right, cool. I guess I'm just following. And I was just like getting behind him. And I was just like sitting on the barrier, just watching and people were just like listening to him sing and everything. I was like, Oh, this is great. And I could kind of like slowly kind of drop my way in, but yeah, mosh pits are definitely not for me. <laughs> definitely not for me. No, I love them, eh? <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such the opposite, but I think it's because all our venues don't have barriers. Like only our huge arenas and stuff do, whereas like all our local venues just don't have them. You can request to have them, but a lot of artists just don't. So it's like, it's pretty much like you either get in it or you're not going to really get anything, especially since like there's not really levels to a lot of the local venues. So like mm-hmm. you're on the floor regardless. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the worst one for me was Polaris at Whammy, but um I just like got to the front and I was like, I'm staying here. I was pretty much like right in front of Jamie the whole time. But I got to the point where me, like there were a few of us at the front with cameras. And then I think one of the other guys bailed. And then it was just like me and Matt at the front. And he ended up actually even like lying down at one point, which was so scary. But I ended up sitting down, I think, next to one of the speakers as well. Cause I was, I got to the point where it was just like, you're constantly just getting like pushed forward. I had like a bruised hand at the end of it. Um, and then, I even had like a wall of death fall on top of me. It was so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it's cause like I had sat down cause I was like, okay, I feel like I, and then people behind me felt a bit bad cause they'd like fall into me. They're like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm here at like my own risk. Like do what you want to do. Don't feel bad about it. And they were just like, okay. Um, so that's sort of like, sort of keep falling forward. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to be with my camera in front of Jamie's face like the whole time. So I like sat down and I was using like the speaker as a barrier, but I think it worked for him as well because that everyone just kept pushing all the gear forward. So I was almost like I was the barrier that stopped all his shit getting pushed around. But <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so they did this wall of death and I've actually got a video of it. It's so funny. So I turned around and I was like, I'm going to video this because it's going to look like, look epic. And they just run into each other, but then it comes flowing back towards me and my, all you hear is me scream and then the video shuts out. But <laughs> yes, they all, fell on top, they all fell on top of me. And then so I just sort of like stayed there and then everyone got off and I just sort of sat back up and Jamie was like, you okay? And I was like, I was, I was like, yeah. Like I just sat there, I was just like, yeah, I'm good. And then he was just like- I was gonna say here. <laughs> and he just carried on. So I was like- My God, like, yeah, I haven't probably heard anything very much intense. I think the only intense thing I've had was I was shooting Invasion Fest one year and it was in, I was at the main stage and Honest Crooks were playing and like they had just finished a song, like literally like they had done the breakdown and they'd finished. And this guy just jumps up, 
grabs the mic and screams something and then jumped off the stage and like front flipped on top of me. So it was like, uh, I didn't, I just went and I just looked up and I saw him coming and I was just like, oh, that guy's a bit weird. He's just jumping up. Oh shit, he's coming for me. And he jumped and I, I immediately went, oh fuck, like what I, I didn't have long to do because he just ran and jumped. I didn't have time to think. So I just like spun around, had my back against him, put my camera in my chest and I was like, this is going to hurt. And it hit me, winded me. I went straight to the ground. Um, camera was perfectly fine. I don't know how the fuck it survived. Um, and I sat back up and like, like the guy got up and he was just going and walked off and I'm just like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> and like um, one of the dudes that I knew was like right next to me. He's just like, fuck, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just winded. I'm like crying. Cause I was like, it just hit me so hard. And I got up and I sat down in a chair and they're just like, do you need water? I'm like, yeah, I need water. I, I can't breathe. And um, I think it's like fucked my back up ever since. Like my back is so sore half the time. So I'm just like, yeah, they totally fucked me up. But that was probably the worst. Once thing you do your back happened. once, you're done, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting like chiropractic and I was just like, oh, can you crack my back? And I'm just like, yeah, it's fucked. It's worse. <laughs> but that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. It's just, yeah, I've had someone literally, he was definitely a very big boy and he was very heavy. So he just like crumpled me straight to the ground. But it was just, yeah, that was probably the worst thing that's happened. It was just... Oh, it was just the worst pain. I've heard that happen to me, but not while shooting. Like we went and saw Issues in America. Um, their concerts there are so cheap. But So we went and saw Issues and the sky went to go. So like we were standing at the front, there's no barrier. And I think the stage was literally up to like our stomachs. Like it was really low. So we were like, yeah, this is all good. And this guy decides he's going to stage dive. And I was like, is he going to jump? Please jump. But then the roof is also low. So I was like, I don't think he is. So he started running. And yeah, he literally just like smashed his knee into my chest and then just like oh. went up. And I just like fell, I just fell down. I was just sort of like, I was just like, hmm. like and then they were like, are you okay? I was like crying. I was like, no, no, I can't. Oh, Jesus. Um, and then, yeah, and then Tyler was like, looking at me. I was like, I was like, just, just keep going. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> just, just leave me there. I just need to get my breath back and also like, stop crying. Yeah. It was so bad. Like I just literally had to like, and I was like, <gasps> but I think the worst one and like when I was shooting, it was probably North Lane again. Um, <laughs> It was at Galatos and I, it, there was a barrier. Like I was just, but it's one of those ones where it's like right against the stage. So I asked their tour manager, I was like, can I get into that? And then he was like, yeah, like it's at your own risk, but if you want to, cool. So we, I like climbed into the middle of it. I was like, yeah, it's all good. Just sat on the barrier. But then this guy came crowd surfing over and he literally like smacked, like he kicked me so hard in the head. And then he, and then he sort of fell on top of me and he got out and like my head was throbbing and like, it was just so bad. And I just like, I just sat there and then, um, Marcus came over and he was like, you're okay. And then he, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. And fist bumped me. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not, I'm really not, but I'm not <laughs> going to stop you. Like, I'm not going to make yeah. you stop. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, sat there and I looked over and my sister was like, are you okay? I was like, no, no. <laughs> then looked over the security guard and he was asking me if I'm okay. And I was like, no. And I just like sat there for a bit and they carried on. I was like, I it was just like a, sh- like a sharp pain. So, and then it got to the yeah. point where I was like, it's a bit manageable. Okay. And then I was like, I'm going to get out for a bit. And so I just like, <laughs> shoot me out and then like chilled out and then I jumped back in. But it was just sort of like, uh, yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. It was just like, I was just sort of shooting there and then I just thought it was bang. And then like, yeah, then he just fell on top of me. So I was like, but I think if anything, it's weird. I, I think I've been injured more with barriers. It's more yeah. like, yeah, crowd service just coming over. Like, I've been, I think it was like unifying download. I got kicked up and kicked in the head. And, but it's one of those things where you get yeah. kicked on like, okay. And then I just on like, yeah, I've only, I think I've only been kicked in the head like a few times, but not too hard. I think the hardest time was I was shooting Ocean Grove um, 
I think it was like 2017, 2018, maybe. I can't remember what year it was. But it was a, a local game. It was just like a floor show. And um, I was just staying at the front, just shooting, shooting, shooting. And all of a sudden, I just feel like I feel some people I see in the corner of my eye, like my peripheral vision, I see people like move to the left. I'm just like, why are they moving? And then I just see this foot go whack straight into the side of my head. And I was just like, I uh, you know, fell to the side. And I was just like, oh, shit. And, they're just, and the guy's well, like, you're all right. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm a bit dazed. I'm a bit dazed. And I'm just like, I kind of just stood up. And I was like, like, yep. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was just like, yep. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. Like, it took me a second to kind of, like, I just got a little bit, no, I wouldn't say concussed, but I just got a little bit, you know, mucked around. I was like, yeah, yeah I think I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. And I think I've had it a few times at, like, the corner hotel because that photo pit is so small. And that, you know, you can get kicked so easily. And I remember just like shooting and I saw the security guard and I was just like, oh yeah, no, he's just going to get the guy next to me. That's fine. And then I saw him getting closer and closer to me. I was like, oh, that means he's right here, isn't he? And then all I feel is like this big lump of a dude just like land, hit me on the back, but he's like in between my back and the barrier. So we just land on the barrier and then rolled into me. And then I rolled into the stage. I was just like, oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay. All right. No, I'm just going to move. And the guys, I'm like half stepping on the guy's arm and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, you hurt me first. I'm so sorry. <laughs> trying to walk off and i'm just like oh. <laughs> it's your fault yeah at least like yeah at least I've, I've seen worse i've seen people have it so much worse and get you know totaled by bands or at least you know stuff themselves up and i'm just like no i've had i've gotten a little bit lucky but yeah it's i've been i've been injured a little bit <laughs> just a little bit some bruises some concussions you know just the usual. i think i was shooting download at amity and my friend um was it the it wasn't like the front row because they love Amity. It's um, oh my god, I feel bad. I'm like blanking on their names. The twins, they they know who I'm talking about. Um, but one of them, like I think a crowd surfer came over and her head got like smashed into the barrier, and she just had like oh. blood running down her face. And her sister was like, "Do you need to get out?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> and I was just like, "Are you?" But then I think it got to the point where it probably obviously sunk in, and she did. But she was like take photos so i was like okay <laughs> and then probably after she's like you why didn't you like, tell me to go to the hospital i'm like you wanted photos yeah oh yeah she was literally saying dad she's just like, like oh, but oh, yeah God. i've never had anything that brutal it's more just been like bruising and yeah like a bit concussed probably but that's about it <laughs> luckily <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah luckily luckily you haven't had anything like worse like yeah you've, yeah there's people who've got it who've had it worse than us so it's like yeah it's fine it's okay um well kind of ending the podcast here what was what's something in 2021 that you want to do is there anything you've kind of you know set your mind on for the rest of the year at least 2021's sort of frustrates me in a way because like i've actually been sort of like i would say pre-confirmed to shoot two uk festivals but obviously like I just don't think that's going to happen, which sucks because yeah. I'm like, I want this to happen so bad. But mm-hmm. um, otherwise, I think it's more like for me, it's it's just sort of like really like cementing and just I feel like almost like getting stability across all my work, but also consistency and more about also just getting more paid work and stuff like that. Like actually just I think diving into it a bit more where it's like I'm actually like a professional and can actually like do it like this rather than because mm-hmm. I'm a bit over the whole like sh- like I get shooting for free and like especially if it's something like I want to shoot but and it's the same with like photo release forms like I I hate them so much <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm just yeah I think it's more just figuring out and like getting set on like how I want 
to progress in like what I actually want to do. It's sort of nice to have that time at the, at the same time, just being able to like really like think about those things and plan all that out and like Mm -hmm. actually like start putting that into people's heads as well in regards to like paid work and letting, like I've been letting artists know lately. I'm just like, you can pay for this, bro. (laughs) Like, especially because I had like a run in, I think towards the end of last year where a band like, I shared a few photos with them because I was like, oh yeah, like it's cool. You like the photos, I'll share a few to you. And they ended up putting a filter over it. And it, uh, like, I, uh, oh, maybe, maybe, oh, yeah. it's the worst. I hate when people tell me that when they're just like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so shared my photo and he put a fucking filter over it. Oh. Well, it's funny because I don't even know if it was a filter. Like I literally think they've gone into Lightroom. Like it looks like a Lightroom edit. And I was just like, I, it just made me angry. So I just like messaged him, but I was like being all professional about it. I was like, just so you know, this is a slap in the face. Like you don't do this. And I was like, if you want to do this, you should hire a photographer and actually like lay that out as terms that you can do whatever you want. Um, and they, they apologized and they were like, oh, we can take it down. I was like, don't take it down. Cause you've got like so much traction and stuff from it. Like just leave it, but just like, just so you know, but it's funny. Yeah. Cause like I, they've commented on like photo on my photos before, but I don't think they want, message me anymore or anything like I think they're a bit like scared <laughs> just, <laughs> like, they're just like we can't edit her photos don't don't touch her photos don't do anything to her photos <laughs> yeah whereas like I shot them recently like at R&B and they were just sort of like oh like these photos are amazing I was like thank you and then it was almost I was expecting a message from them to be like can we have a couple but I never heard anything and so I was like yeah I think everyone's a bit put off but I was like at the same time like I suppose like that's a bit sad but I was like I can't not say anything because especially when like looking I've even posted both photos to my story because I was like like I didn't say anything like I didn't say like I'm angry about this it was literally like I shared their photo and then shared the original photo and then it was just and then like yeah a couple of my photo friends were like yours is better and I was like I know (laughs) like I don't get it yeah I've only I haven't had that kind of I mean, I had it with, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, I think it was like the 1975 when I shot them. Like my photos kept getting shared and people were just putting shitty filters over all of them. And I was like, why? Like some of them were showing like my actual photos and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like the, there's nothing changed with them. But then there was ones with like filters over the top and it just broke my heart. Just a little bit of like, oh, why would you do that? Like what it's, they're, they're good for a reason. Like you don't need to ruin yeah. them. Like why? Um but yeah, that's something that you know bands and anyone who like wants to share like our work, it's like, yeah, please don't, don't edit them, don't do anything. If you want crop it, that's fine. Crop it's fine, but don't do anything else to it, please. <laughs> I think my most like sort of shared photo was of um Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. And yeah, that sort of got I think a, a couple of them did get edited like filters, which I don't get because I was like, you don't need to make it brighter or anything like that. Otherwise, yeah, just it got cropped a lot as well, which I was like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the one that, and it was like Good Things Festival as well. I think that's the one that blew up the most for me. But it's also like, I just can't, you can't keep up, I think, unless they actually tag you. Like, it's just, I did go like, I was like, oh, I'll search for a bit at one point because I was like, they, I know they'll tag Spencer because he shared it as well because he like messaged me for it. But I was just sort of like, yeah, I just gave up. I was like, it's going to happen. Like, if it, but yeah, if it, if it comes to an artist or someone with it, like if, if say if Spencer did it himself, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no. you'd be like, mm, no, you've uh, you've robbed me the wrong way. Sorry, mate. <laughs> That's not how yeah. we do things here. But yeah, it's like sure. I think people people are kind of learning about it now. Kind of they know not what not to do, and you know, 
it's just like you've if you yeah it's the same as like they hired you and then all of a sudden they edit it afterwards or whatever it's like no you've you've hired me for these photos this is the photos you get you share them how you want but they can't be changed or whatever else like i've had bands ask me to um edit a photo after the fact because they're like hey can you put this in black and white i'm like yeah sure that's fine like that's cool it's a cool photo that's the thing like just message and be like can you make it more like this like don't do it yourself and then post it and tag me in it (laughs) <laughs> yeah it'd be like uh it would be like, like photo by shelly edit by me pretty much like that's how it'd yeah be. <laughs> like we'll do something like that like they, they literally just did photo credit and i was like i'm glad you credited me but at the same time like it's not my photo <laughs> <laughs> it's not once it's gone from me it's and it's been changed suddenly it's not my photo <laughs> yeah especially I, th- I feel like people would look at it and be like like she did that and i'll be like no yeah no. that that's what <laughs> i would feel like i'd be like no this is not this is not me. This isn't you. Like, and luckily I've got people now who they can see my work and go, or they can see a photo and they go, yeah, that's Andrew's. Like they know that's mine. They know that I won't edit like a Instagram filter or a Visco filter over it or something like that. It's like, once they know like how you shoot, they're like, yeah, cool. We know what your photos are. Um, It's like, there's no need to kind of edit over them or do anything kind of like that, unless they were putting some graphics over it or something like that. Well, that's why I think like, 2020 2021 has been for me it's just sort of like yeah like cementing everything and just sort of like making plans and yes pretty much just like locking down everything I do and making it more official like I've even like registered as like a sole trader and stuff now so it's just like pretty much like yeah putting everything in order I feel (laughs) it's 2021 for me yeah at least yeah at least you've had that kind of mindset to be like having that I guess sort of having that break in uh, last year like that was the same as for me like having that kind of year to I guess reset yourself because like yeah we had no shows I think the last show I shot was like directly at the end of February and then two weeks later we went into lockdowns and you know no gigs whatsoever and I've only gone to one gig and I didn't shoot it but I just went but it's just like it kind of cemented the fact of like yep cool you can you know figure out everything else and focus on what you need to have done so it's like yeah cool working on a website or um working on yourself like professionally to be like yeah people are going to see me as a professional or like not as like i'm just an amateur photographer i'm actually a professional like i do this for a living or something like that it's like yeah i mean that at least that mindset to reset and and figure out exactly what you want and not just kind of jump into the next year is like yeah it's going to be exactly the same it's like no you gotta gotta adapt somehow yeah going back to those first shows was actually like I found it like so hard to get back into it again. Yeah. Quite like, I think the first, well, the first show, cause we went, we didn't like, I suppose like you guys have like your seated shows and stuff. We never had that. I think we did for like certain things like comedy and stuff, but okay, yep. the first show I went back to was literally like full capacity. So it was like, I was already in a mosh pit and it felt so uncomfortable because I was like, I went from like not being allowed to be in like two meters distance of people to suddenly like we're sweaty and like just all moshing so at first I was like, I was like, this is uncomfortable. And then it got to the point where I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was like, I love this. But even like taking photos, like I would forget things like memory, like my memory cards and like charging batteries and like, oh, God. like <laughs> routine again. Like it was so horrible. And I was just like, how did I forget this? But then it was also like, okay, yeah, I get it. But like, yeah, back in, like it's all sorted now. If anything, I was able to sort of upgrade my, well, not, my whole kit but like I just like bought a new camera bag and things like that so it was nice to be able to do a bit of saving as well yeah that's pretty much what I did during like 2020 it was just like all right cool I've saved enough I bought like a random fisheye lens because I was like I want to try fisheye I bought some weird filters because I was like yeah I want to do something different it's like I bought them I think I I 
during lockdown, like I bought a video monitor, even though I only shot like one video over, like over lockdowns, like it was just like one video and I, and I used it once just to do some shots. And I was like, cool, that's it. That's all. And it was just, yeah, just saving as much as possible really. And then I think, yeah, the first show we went to was a acoustic show and it was all seated and it was very strange. It was very odd to just like sit down. We had the front row and we were just sitting there and we could order drinks and we just sat at the table and we just like, we were like, this is so uncomfortable just to sit there and just sit there nicely and be like, all right, cool. We can't move. Can't do anything. If you have to get up, you have to put a mask on. It was just like all this kind of interesting things. And then now they've just done it as like, yeah, cool. You can stand, but you just have to wear masks or something like that. And it's just like, all right, we're slowly getting back to normal, I guess. Oh, I don't know if I could, oh, I don't think I could wear a mask at a show. Cause like, it's like, you can't breathe as it is in the first place in a mosh pit. Like, how Yeah, that's kind of how we mask. felt. Cause we were just like, like we had the mask on. Cause even we had a drink at our table, but we weren't really drinking. We were just like, we just had our mask on. Like you could have your mask off at, at the table, but once you got up and walked around, it was a bit weird, but it was just odd to just like sit down and watch a gig and not be able to move around and clap and do everything. It was kind of, really strange and like nowadays yeah everyone's all kind of closer together it's just limited capacity really but yeah at least it's going to a a new norm as of you know now i guess until you know something unless something happens and everyone goes back into a lockdown again which you know fingers crossed nothing like that happens again i'm waiting for the trans tasman border so badly and then because especially the way like our government's been like oh it's getting closer like australia's getting better then it's like oh no never mind Oh, we're getting closer again. Oh, never mind. And I'm just like, I can't. I just, <laughs> I just want. Especially like fans, I want to see are like doing shows in Australia now, and I'm just like, I can't fly over because you have to pay like three grand to fly back. So I was like, I can't do it. So I'm, I'm hoping to come over for full full tilt. Um, yep. So I'm hoping that's enough time for like Australia to get back on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were doing pretty well. It was just, yeah, I think like Melbourne, we were pretty good for. Oh, it would be like 50, 60 something days. We were pretty good for like no, no, no cases. And then just suddenly like literally as close to Christmas, we were like, they're like, oh, there's been three cases. We're like, oh God, why? And where I work, um, <laughs> funny enough, the, one of the cases was in my like area of where I work. And we were just like, we all looked at each other. We're just like, dear God, like, why? Why does it have to be now? And then I think the day of, um, or like the couple of days after Boxing Day, one of our coworkers was like, oh, there was a case at, at this shopping center at this time. I was there. I should go get tested. I'm like, oh God, please. Like, do it, does that mean we all have to go get tested? Like, <laughs> luckily it was just like, if you had symptoms, go get tested. But he was just like, <clears throat> I should go get tested. I'm like, yeah, you should probably go get tested. You got a bit of a cough there. Go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Brett's like, you know, we're at least, you know, <laughs> you not be here. Thank you. Yeah. We're slowly getting a little bit better. So it's just like, hopefully it just kind of flows back out into normal again. And we go back to zero cases. I think we've been in zero cases for a little bit at the moment, or at least zero new cases, but you know, hopefully 2021 gets a little bit brighter for us. And at least, you know, if it stays like how you guys are going, it's like, cool. We can all, you know, because I want to come to New Zealand because me and my girlfriend want to come and go on bloody holiday. But it's just like, cool, we have to wait until the borders open, until we're able to actually go over and do things. And it's like, yeah, it's like the same for you. It's like you have to wait until we're all clear so you can come over and shoot shows and socialize, really. <laughs> it was so hard not going to Unify this year. And then them doing the takeover thing, I was like listening to the faction and I was just like, 
I'm enjoying this, but it's also making me feel horrible because like, I was like, that's considered, like I consider Unify like my new year's festival. So I was just yeah. like, is it the new year? I haven't done Unify yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count. It's not a no, no new year, no new me, nothing. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. So um, yeah, I guess we'll kind of end the podcast there, but I really appreciate you jumping on and having a chat and you, um, so, cause I, yeah, really wanted to learn a little bit more about how you operate as an individual and how you operate as a creative and really, and it's been kind of enlightening to see, you know, I'm very much an, I would, yeah, you're definitely the second person who's a versatile, like all rounder that does a lot of things and you, you know, done it quite well. Like you haven't gotten, I don't seem to see any kind of issues trying to do multiple things at once. Like, I mean, I stuff around, but you seem to be flowing through quite well. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you jumping on and having a chat and yeah, really hope you have an excellent week and hopefully New Zealand gets a little bit clearer. Thank you for having me on. I know we've like discussed it for a bit, so I'm glad we were finally able to like make it work and like actually have a chat. And obviously it's like nice to like e-meet you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, at, what, at some point you'll probably come over to Australia and be like, oh, hey, we can actually hang out for a, for a five second shooter show or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Melbourne a lot. I actually like, yeah, Melbourne's one of the main places I go to. So definitely, I, I, I'm sure I will see you in a pit at some point. <laughs> at some point, fingers crossed, you know, nothing happens, you know, knock on wood. But um, no, excellent. Hello, Australia. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, hope you have a good night. And um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Same to you. I appreciate it.